0: Five on three, center ice for all things Islanders, Rangers, and all news across the NHL on WFUV Sports.
1: Five on three, WFUV's NHL podcast here for a short emergency episode. Gee, I wonder what the emergency is. Thomas Quigley is here. I'm Chris Hennessy, and it's very special guest from New York Hockey Now. He's an Islander beat reporter, and uh, we've become friendly over the year. Uh, Stefan Rosner, Stefan, uh, thankful that you were able to join us on short notice. How's it going, bud?
2: Oh, good. I appreciate it. Obviously, this is a a little messy situation we got going on here.
1: Yes, and uh, Barry Trotz was relieved of his duties at about uh, quarter of ten this morning. Uh, this was an absolute shocker, Quigs, and. Uh, Man, I, I, it's, it's been a hard uh, couple hours to try and digest what's going on down on the island.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially, and I, I texted you this earlier, especially after, I mean, obviously this is not the season that the Islanders wanted, but with the trade deadline that they had, it didn't really seem like they were really uh, punting on, uh, on, on this squad that they have right now. They really made no moves, so it really felt like they were going to kind of just try and uh, Regrasp that magic that they had; they seem to have the last two seasons, and uh, obviously they are not uh, continuing in this direction.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, and Stefan, were you on the the Lou call this morning?
2: So yeah, so I wasn't on the exact call, but I I got I got the quotes and everything back afterwards. Um, pretty much, it's Lou being Lou. He's going to yeah. say what. That was said. my
1: takeaway as well. It, it's just not
2: that, he, yeah. not that he's going to obviously lie, but Lou's a very private guy. You're not going to know anything about no, obviously no one saw this coming. Um, pretty much was, is the focus is still on acquiring a, another defenseman. He'll make hockey trades if necessary, but this is more of the biggest takeaway was the fact that this was not just about this year. Now, again, words are words. You look at how this year went a lot of external things happened. I don't think trots handled his team the best he could, but again, no one played to the best of their abilities this year. That's starting from Lamarillo all the way down to the players. So, by him saying that, you look at the last couple of years, Islanders make the postseason, but you know, circumstances got them in there. They weren't a great regular season team, they were mediocre. So, again, it's a tough situation because if you don't bring in the right guy now, this is catastrophic. First off, you built this defensive minded system. I'm not, it's not a completely defensive team. You got weapons on offense like Barzal. I mean, you got players, Wallstrom, if they, if they keep him throughout the offseason. The problem is now, though, is you bring someone in who Maybe they want to go more offensively, which they could. All the stuff you've been working towards, bringing, you know, signing Clutterbuck to an extension, keeping that fourth line back, having that Pajot line, Pajot Palmieri line, you Now that's defensively minded. How much does that change and how much does that impact the Islanders going forward? Again, defense, looking at the roster right now, they need an upgrade on defense. That's still their strength. You have to play to your strengths. Do you still trade Bavillier? Was that a possibility? Do you keep him if they're going to run more offense? You expect a bounce back year. The biggest thing was you thought, okay, this year was a bad year, call it a blunder, bring pretty much the core back, make a couple of necessary changes, and this team should be back competing for the playoffs. Now, without Trots, you look around and who's available? Is anyone better than Trots? Now, again, I don't think you need a better coach than Trots. Luke Lamarillo is saying that the team needed a new voice. I didn't really get that. Just being at all the press conferences after the game, obviously everyone respected Barry. No, one's going to talk badly about Barry. I didn't personally see that a new voice was needed. I, again, just thought it was a, so much went wrong this year that they really never got into a rhythm and that, and that cost them. This is a really streaky team. They rely on streaks, So it'll be interesting to see, because again, you don't need the best coach available. You need a new voice. And if you need a new voice, does that take Lambert off the table because Lambert, the associate coach because Lambert is you know comes from the trots tree he's been around Trots forever he runs the same system I'm not saying he's the same exact coach but if he's been the voice that's been with Trots this whole time does he count as a new voice
1: I would think he doesn't and that was my, one of my main takeaways as well and yeah, yeah I, I agree it was it was just Lou being Lou and uh, the the move on on the surface obviously makes no sense that's why we're here that's why we're doing an emergency episode about it because we were all shocked by this news. It makes sense if you think about three things, one of which is you mentioned Lane Lambert. Lane Lambert was, and still is, buddies with Steve Eiserman as the former Detroit Red Wing, and Jeff Blasho was just fired. That's obviously probably he's the leader in the clubhouse for that job. We know how the NHL works. I, I wouldn't be surprised if Lane Lambert got that job, so it's possible the Islanders are saying, we want to keep Lambert. He's more important to us, so we're hiring him away from Detroit. That's possibility number one. Possibility number two is Trotz just left New York for the same reason he left Washington. When he left Washington, he was a free agent. Granted, he has one year left on his deal now. He wanted a certain number. Apparently, it was $5 million. That's what he got from the Islanders. And he left Washington after winning the Cup, gambled on himself, came to a team who just lost their captain, and made the playoffs three consecutive seasons. He's clearly okay with gambling on himself because he won last time. And if he does it again with any of these teams that it's been reported he's talked to, which we'll get to in a second, I could see that working for him. The third is he had uh, an unfortunate family uh, tragedy earlier in the season with his mother passing away. He's from Winnipeg, and the Winnipeg job just opened up. I think it's possible it's a combination of all three of those things, and he ends up as a coach of the Winnipeg Jets. If I had to put my money on something, that's where I'd go is with the Winnipeg Jets. But at the end of the day, the phrasing was that he was relieved of his duties. Which makes me think that this is Lou doing the classic Lou thing, the thing he did in New Jersey that put himself behind the bench in the middle of a season. Maybe he's not that crazy anymore. But this is exactly what he did when he was in New Jersey, and it was kind of silly for us not to assume the same thing was going to happen here, Quicks, because we, we know that this is what he does. And now he's got a coaching vacancy, a team strapped with giant contracts for aging forwards, and they missed the playoffs by eight games this year.
0: Yeah, I mean, you mentioned that this is what he does, and this is what he did in New Jersey. He won three Stanley Cups with three different coaches. Um, now, I'm not saying that that's necessarily the the best way to do things. Obviously, uh, you kind of want some consistency when it when it comes to building a franchise, at least uh, building you know a dynasty like he had in New Jersey. Um, but that's just not how they did it, and that's just not how he's going to do it here. Obviously, so. I don't know. This is it is pretty shocking but like you said it's 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 classic Lou. And um you know w- what happens with with trots I don't know. I mean Winnipeg is a, is a very much an interesting landing spot. Even Detroit um you know there's a availability there too. So obviously a lot to a lot to be figured out but for for the Islanders, I I'm, I'm not sure that they uh if they need a new voice. No, I don't think that you you stay in the same locker room that you have right now. They're probably going to look elsewhere.
2: So, so just let's be you know off the table right here there's no mistake lou fired trucks this was not a situation where you know again like you but my question I, is
1: did he fire him because of a a feisty contract negotiation
2: i would say no my whole thought process is they probably had they've been having meetings since uh, the islanders cleaned out um couple the day after their season ended and we were we asked when are we going to speak to lou and barrett and we said after meetings after meetings that's okay whenever that's going to be My mindset is there was a lot talked about the future of the organization, how to go about it. And I'm gonna assume that they butted heads on the direction. Now, you could point to so many things that went wrong this year for Trotz. Obviously the handling of Wallstrom is at the forefront. Now, personally, and Chris, you probably agree, there was times where Wallstrom did not deserve to play. He He deserved to be a scratch. He deserved to get his minutes cut because especially in the system that Trotz has in place, when you don't do little things, you cost the team, you cost your line mates. And I think it was a hard lesson for Wallstrom to learn. We spoke to Wallstrom afterwards and he took the high road. He said, listen, sometimes you need tough love. Obviously the handling of longer, uh, the leashes of longer players like a Josh Bailey who struggled mightily. You know, all these things probably led to the fact that he's no longer the coach of the New York Islanders. It's just about, again, finding, finding that right voice. And I, you know, I'll say a couple of options, not going to go completely into detail. And of course this is a fluid situation. So what I'm hearing could change within a matter of minutes, but, um, Vegas is going to push very hard. Pete DeBoer was not fired as of yet, but you have to assume he's, he's going to be fired. So right now Vegas is going to push hard for him. I also heard that there's two teams in the Metro that have shown interest in the, in the, Philadelphia Flyers and the New Jersey Devils. But I do agree if there was a landing spot, I would say Manitoba with the Winnipeg Jets, because that's where Trotz is from. Paul Maurice stepped aside um earlier this year think, saying that he wasn't the right voice for this Winnipeg Jets team so that would be a you know a full circle thing there um and I think wherever Trotz goes next will be his final spot and I think if he's going to coach the Winnipeg Jets he'll coach there and that'll be it for his coaching career I mean he's had a heck of a career as for the Islanders are interested in a few names I uh have come to the forefront with people that I've spoken to again take this as you may Paul Maurice is one of them again the Winnipeg Jets coach that's t- stepped aside no, I personally don't think he's gonna be in hockey this upcoming year. He had a lot going on as well, and I think that he might take another year off. Again, that's up to Paul Maurice. And the other name which is going to shock a lot of people is torts. John Twitter yeah, I
1: hate that one. I saw you tweet Obviously, that and I wanted a yeah. dislike button so quickly, man. I hate that. And
2: it's fine. You could you could come at me and build like, it. No, hey, it's man. not
1: you. It's not you. It's it's you're you're doing your job. I hate and, that hiring.
2: Yeah. So of course if Peter DeBoer gets Ken in Vegas he has connections with Lamarillo. He was behind the bench when lamarillo was there for, I think he coached them for three or four years. Again, the way he's handled Leonard in that whole situation, you got to take it with a grain of salt. You don't know what he's being told to say. you know, the media side, and especially with hockey is so secretive. So I don't know if he would be a good fit, but I do know that, you know, Tortorella, if you want to wake a team up, again, I'm not agreeing that Tortorella is the right fit, but if you want to spark a team and get them like fired up and okay, we're no longer going to be, you know, we got to snap back into reality and play our Islander brand of hockey. Again, defensive first, blocking shots. Torella isn't the worst decision, but again, he's uh, with his comments he's made about creativity in hockey, especially knocking Zegers for everything that he's done. You have a guy like Barzal, who is an offensive weapon and creative guy that you want to see let loose a little bit if they're not going to run that defensive system. It is towards the right guy for that. See, you don't know, but those are the two names I'm hearing right now: Paul Maurice and John Chorella, obviously, keep everybody updated. I'll have a piece out about that soon, just trying to get more information on the process. But yeah, right now, Trotz is going to have a job probably by the end of the week. I mean, Unless, unless, the only reason he wouldn't have a job is if he needs more time to think about his future. Could, Could Trotz retire from coaching? I also wouldn't put that off the table because, again, he's been through a lot. He's got a lot of family things he told us. He's got a lot he has to take care of over the summer. And... Again, I don't, you don't want to ever get inside someone else's head and make decisions for them. But if it were the end for uh, Trotz at the NHL level coaching, I wouldn't be shocked by that either. But again, this is a business where everything shocks you. We woke up to this this news this morning. Nobody was ready for it.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Trotz was done either, personally. I think, you know, he's gone. He's moved to, through three American cities in the last, what, so when did he take the Capitals job? 2015? So, since, so, in the last seven years, he's moved from Nashville to D.C. to Garden City, and now he's going to, man, like, it just he's feels a like cup. a lot.
2: He's done what he's had to do. He's also, I mean, you looking back to how long he has been coaching, he was, a, he was a player that, you know, he was in the AHL. He was told that he probably was never going to play in the NHL, turned to a coach right in there, worked his way up, won a cup, he has been a part of some pretty good teams playoff-wise. I mean... He won the Jack Adams trophy his first year on the Island. He got them a 23 point increase from where they were the year before, making out yeah. one of the worst defensive teams in hockey into a defensive juggernaut. So I, you know, you look at his career and this past year stunk. You look at the last couple of years, again, it doesn't matter what you do in the regular season, as long as you get to the dance and then you do damage in the dance. Obviously the Islanders came very close the last couple of years, last year falling in game seven. So they were right there. You know, if they win a cup, Uh, last year, this season probably is, is much less painful for Islander fans. And it's a step back for sure, but there's, there's ways to go about that. I think just with how this year went coming so close, but not getting over the hump, I think Lamarill decided to make a bold move here. And it, it does show something that it shows to Islander fans. They don't want to hear it today, but they're not settling. You know, this is one bad year where you could have said, okay, it was one bad season next year. They'll bounce back. They'll be fine. Lou pretty much said, listen, this season was not okay. A lot Again, a, you, you, it's easier to fire head coach than fire players. And I feel like a lot of Islanders did not play where they had to play this year. And it falls back on the coach. Again, I'm not saying he was perfect. There are a lot of players that are underachieving. You know, looking at the season, I think the biggest underachiever was Bavillier. I mean, you wanted to see this guy take a step forward, two steps forward. This guy has talent. He's a young guy, he could skate. And he spoke after, you know, during his exit meetings, I need to be better. Now, does he last to the offseason? I don't know. But player there are a lot of players like Bavilli that, yes, maybe they had better second halves and a lot of people had really bad first halves. Again, external things played a part. Injuries played a part. But there were too many passengers when the Islanders needed drivers. And I yeah. think that Lou's making a statement that, listen, this is a wake-up call. Not just, a, obviously, Trotz is going to find a new job. But this is to the players. What does it say when they fire a coach that is this well-respected, that turned around this franchise? What, what does it say to them? It says... Oh wow, you know, we're not they're not messing around here. And I think that's something that if Islander fans want to take a positive out of today. Again, a lot of fans are angry, which is understandable, is that Lamereau is not settling for mediocrity. He this he's this franchise has taken steps forward and he made a decision that where he's saying, listen, we are not taking a step back.
1: In again, Islanders in Islanders' recent history though, this season is far from mediocre. It's what, the fifth best season since two thousand? Sixth? Best record since two thousand, yeah, something like yeah, that. T- so you have to compare it to what we've seen as Islander fans. I know you grew up an Islander yeah. fan as well, over the past twenty years. And this guy has the is the only coach besides Al Arbor to get us to a conference final. And he, we were they were one goal away. And Barzell yeah. and Bovilli doesn't score in the breakaway and Barzell doesn't and hit Barzell hits the post and it's over. So to me, I it doesn't make I, I understand completely what you're saying and you're taking the rational Reporter taking, take, and I'm taking the I'm an insane yeah. fan take. I get it. But, man, I'm, this is this is beyond frustrating because even if Lane Lambert comes in and is a Barry Trotz clone, I highly doubt you're going to get within one goal of the, say, like a final again. Because, I mean, we had a podcast after they lost last year where yeah. I said, as a Jet fan, I very much know what it's like to get there two years in a row and never get back. And oh. it, that just feels like what, what we're on track now for. It feels like they just drafted Geno Smith and we're going to go through all this crap for the next 10 years because that's what my football team just did. So that's the, that's what's creeping into the mind of the Islander fan is, oh my God, the Mets went to the World Series in 2015, they never got back. The Jets went to the two AFC Championship games, they never got back. The Yankees went to the World Series, they haven't gotten back. This happens in sports that we are fans of, and this yeah. team is never going to get back, and they just fired the greatest thing that happened to them since 1993.
2: Oh, like I said before, this could be catastrophic. This could be... You know, you had two years of getting so close and never again. And again, you got to look at the last couple of years. You had expanded postseason point percentage that got the Islanders in Re- regular season. Do they get in? They
1: would. Probably. They would have missed the playoffs the first year okay. they made the play. The 100%.
2: last season. They had the Metro uh, East, you know, the division East division. It was Mass Mutual, I think, was the sponsor, and the Islanders finished fourth. And that, again, you know, they played really good against the bad teams and they struggled mightily against the good teams besides Boston. Again, do the Islanders make the playoffs in a regular 82-game scene? That's why this season was so important. Besides opening UBS, this was a season where you had to see the Islanders be a consistent 82-game team. Now, obviously, again, keep bringing it up. It's going to be the focal point for a long time is there were so many exterior factors that played a part in it. But if you take away those exterior factors, and again, you could play this game all we want, were the Islanders a good enough team this year when they were healthy to make the playoffs? And the answer is no.
1: Yeah, so, they played at yeah. I think after like the once the losing streak ended, I think they only played at a ninety-two point pace. So even when they were winning every game, and we thought, oh, maybe they have a chance, they still were below what the yeah. Capitals ended up at. Yeah.
2: So let's say that this was a let's say the last couple of years was a full eighty-two game season. This firing probably makes more sense because they would have missed the playoffs for the last couple of years and had a bad year this year. And that, that would say, okay, that makes sense. Again, we have to, we're playing reality. They did make the playoffs. They got there for whatever reason they did and they, they did damage. They got really close. But again, you're looking at, you know, those back-to-back runs weren't that this team w- wasn't that good. It was a fact that I think it put an extra level of, I don't know. I think, I think when they people viewed the team, even Lou, they maybe closer than they thought they were, and I think that you know you're seeing with this decision that, you know, they're taking every again. This was not a move again out of Lou's mouth that was made just based on this season. That's why I bring that point up, because I guess Lamarillo could have looked at what I just said: is you look at the last couple of years and was this team good enough in a full eighty-two game season? And if Lou believed that they weren't, and now you're going to have a full eighty-two game season, and your team is maybe not as strong defensively as it was, you have holes you have to fill. Certain players didn't play well. Can you expect another year of not making the playoffs? And again, for what the Islanders have built through ownership, through bringing Lou in, you got to bounce back. You have to make the playoffs. If you don't make the playoffs next year as the Islanders, and you got to think that Lamarillo's job's in question too. Obviously it's going to be very tough to fire him just because it's Lou Lamarillo. I don't think it'd be that
1: tough. Toronto did it.
2: Toronto did do it, but I just think, I I think it's going to happen eventually. The question is, is, if, if people are thinking about firing, if upper, you know, the owners are thinking about firing Lou, I would feel like that has to happen sooner than later. That has to happen, yeah. like, again, because it makes no – don't let him hire a coach and do all that kind of stuff. If you're thinking that he might be an issue as well. Because you look at the Islanders, too, is, yeah, Trottson and coached the way maybe he should have this season. But, you know, Char was brought in and wasn't the answer. Obviously, Andy Green couldn't play anymore. And Lamorella has a has a voice on who's in the lineup.
1: And Lamarella botched the expansion draft. That's another thing that has to be said. Garth? Yeah. Was,
2: yeah I, uh, yes. The expansion draft was letting Eberly go. And I've written articles about, you know, should they kept Eberly, you know, the Palmieri thing. There was a lot of things that could have gone well. They, they didn't do it well. But again, Lamarel has a lot of input on how, not obviously how the roster is constructed, but who plays, you know, the lineup decision. That's That's not just Trots. Yeah. So as much as we want to, you know, blame Trots for the handling of certain things, it's, it's about who the pieces that he had, first off. Trotz never got a suitable partner for Barzal. I don't know. I'm not saying an elite winger comes in and fits with Barzal. Barzal is a very hard player to play with. But Trotz was never given that. So, again, I think that, yes, this, this falls on Trotz. But this has a lot to do with Lula Murillo and his decision-making, too. Because who knows if the Islanders go out and get a Tarasenko last year or even a prime forward, does Barzal click with someone? Do th- those points come? Because obviously Barzal playing with Parise is great. But you got to bring another player on that line. I personally believe that Barzal could play with Parise. I have no problem with that. If he's, Barzal is your number two center and Parise is your left winger, that is fine by me. But you have to have an elite player on that other side.
1: I think it's got to be Kevin Fiala. I think it has to be. Uh,
2: Kevin Fiala is a perfect fit. I love his game. You know, watching him in the playoffs, he's someone that would be perfect. Obviously, Forsberg's another name that comes up there. Again, that's, you know, money.
1: Yeah. 24 that's years true. old RFA, Kevin Fiala. Did you have to give something up for him, but what? Yeah.
2: And, um, you know, you have Goudreau, if he ever got to free agency, I know the Flames are going to want to lock him up. They don't want him to go anywhere, and we'll see what happens with that. But again, a lot of these decisions that happened with Trots this year and his downfall, direct result of Lula Merleau's decisions to not get X, Y, and Z players. So this falls to everybody in the organization. If the Islanders players played a lot better this year for trots again, everything changes. Again, it's hard to fire players. You never see it. And I think that as much as... We want to, you know, blame Trotz. You didn't get the most out of his players, and his players failed him at times, and, that, and that's why we're sitting here today.
1: Yep. Uh, let's just go around, get some final thoughts in here. Who do you think the Islanders' coach is going to be? Where do you think Barry ends up? And then we'll we'll head out of here. So for me, when first when it first hit Twitter, I thought for sure it was going to be Lane Lambert. Now I'm thinking I might be Pete DeBoer. I think I think I'm going Pete DeBoer as of right now. Uh, just because of that voice comment. That was the first thing that Lou said, was this locker room needs a new voice. I think he's going to go with the guy who brought him to the Stanley Cup final most recently with New Jersey and lost to L.A. and uh, Pete DeBoer, which is not going to be popular because this fan base loves Robin Leonard. Uh, so that is not going to be a popular move. So Quiggs, what what would you And I would I think Barry's ending up in Winnipeg. Uh, so uh, Quiggs, what are your thoughts?
0: I would say I agree with you with the new voice comment. That makes me think that they're not going to stay within the organization. I don't know where they'll go outside of it. But I just think that they'll definitely make a, a move toward outside the organization.
2: Yeah. So I'm going to agree with Manitoba. I think that's where Trotz is going to go. I just think Winnipeg would be a perfect fit for him, that team, you know, he could help get that team over their hump potentially. And then, you know, and end his coaching career there, if the Islanders could find a way to bring Maurice back to hockey, I think he would be perfect because, a new school coach he's more old school I don't know how close him and Trots are just with the way they both coach but I when when uh, Paul Maurice left the podium when he stepped aside I I was in awe of the way he handled himself as a leader and I think he might not have been the right voice in Winnipeg but I think just the way he went about his business there that's something that I think could work really well on the island um but yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be a wild couple of months. We'll we'll see what happens. I think the Islanders aren't gonna rush to find a coach, but at the same time, their co- their new coach has to be in on decisions. And I think that they're gonna build a team around what fits this coach. So I think it might might be a month or so. But I, I think that'll happen, you know, March earlier in the summer. I would say probably. I would say probably by mid July they have a new guy.
1: Yeah, I, I, I think by the Fourth of July the Islanders will have a coach. That's my because they're gonna have to have one going to free agency. Exactly. And that will start around mid-July. So that would be my guess as well. Stefan, we asked for 15 of your minutes. You gave us 25. You are the man. We appreciate you. Uh, thank you all for listening to our emergency episode about the firing of Barry Trotz from the New York Islanders. We'll be, at, we'll be back on Thursday with our regular episode, uh, breaking down the Game 5s and 4s and 6s and whatever else has happened between now and Thursday, including Game 4 between the Rangers and the Penguins tonight. For Thomas Quigley and Stefan Rosner from New York Hockey Now, I'm Chris Hennessy. Thank you for listening.